Welcome to the March 6th edition of the PFF Forecast. We are remote. We're also battling through the elements. Uh, just to let you guys know how much I love you all, I am listening to myself talk so that the audio quality is better. That's how much I care about you. Eric, fresh off of Sloan, we're going to talk about Jordan Davis, the uh, LeBron of the NFL. Is he the greatest athlete of all time? Where should D linemen and safeties be taken? We have ball sack or just whack and recommendations. Let's rock. I want like biggest takeaways from time spent in Indianapolis, time spent in Boston at Sloan. Yeah. The, the craziest, like, I I don't mean to pat myself on the back or pat you on the back. Although I'd much rather pat you on the back than me on the back. Um, A lot of people listen to the, to the show and the words that, that we say uh, certainly get around. Um, the, I don't know if that's a good thing. Yeah. Sloan was much more this way. Um, but like, and I gave, you know, I did, I gave a a lecture, um, at the resource research paper competition. It was the only football paper that made it to the semifinals. So it was like, and most people, you know, football is most people's favorite sport. So it was like sort of really popular, but the number of people that came up to me there, who said that they, and, and the funny story is like, after my talk, there was about like 15, 25 people who were like lining up to like shake my hand or whatever and, and introduce themselves to me. Um, and like I would, and I had a lunch with a good friend of mine that I hadn't seen in like six years who lives there. And somebody came up to me and he's like, Hey, uh, I really like the tailgate podcast. And I was just like, get out of my face. Like, <laughs> Like a, ma- a mathematician introvert guy, you know, shaking people's hands and, uh, and and them telling me that they like somebody else's show. So it was least, really funny to me. At least it was the tailgate podcast. Like that's a that's a great podcast. If they'd come up and been like, "Hey, I love the um, Skip Bayless podcast," or something like that bit like pissed off i guess they're not pf that's not pff podcast but you get the point i'm glad they're supporting pff uh either way um i had i was there much less time than you were but um one of the cool things i thought about uh, sloan and i didn't even go to the actual conference but i think that because we've been um you know pandemic limited home this whole thing it's a nice refresher of what you can get out of having a conversation with someone in person, you know, and you can, you can talk more freely. You can gain more information about them, about what they're doing, what they're interested in. Um, We had a couple of really good conversations. We met a couple of our interns, uh, Tej Seth and Arjun Menon. Uh, That was really cool. Um, And so I don't know, it was cool. I usually am more pessimistic about things like that, but uh, it was cool. I had a good time. They yeah, were, and, too, and, and, you know, you meet people, but yeah, the meeting people in person was a real, like, you know, it was like a game changer. I mean, like we, 
you know, you, you get these little conversations like, you know, we, we saw Kevin Clark, we had Nora on our show. Obviously that was extremely fun. Um, and then, you know, then we meet, like, I, you know, I got to, you know, I got to meet, you know, talk to Brian Burke for a few minutes. I got to talk to Bill Connolly, who is sort of uh, one of the few people that does really good uh, sports analytics for college football. And, and, you know, and then obviously our interns, you got to talk to them. And uh, I think they described our, uh, our, uh, what, Friday night uh, discussions as like a live PFF forecast. And like, one of the things I wanted to, to talk to you about on this show and sort of maybe, um, you know, solicit a little bit, because I know that we, we, we had the tweet that asked for some, you know, suggestions recently. Um, and I kind of want to get your idea, you know, get your thoughts on this. It's like, you know, if we had like a live show where we, you know, let our listeners, you know, and I don't know how it has, how we, you know, sort of go about doing it, uh, whether people have to pay to get in or a small amount that we donate to charity or whatever. Um, but like have, you know, have like an hour where we do like a 25 minute forecast and then we open it up to like, you know, kind of like a zoom room or something like that for the last, you know, 35 minutes or whatever. Um, and just let people riff with us and, you know, reward some of the, uh, the listeners that, to the show that have been uh, with us for the last it's four and a half years now. So uh, sure. that was something I wanted to bounce uh, off of you here. Cause I think that that'd Good be idea. kind of fun. And I, the other thing that I was thinking about, we don't well, have. Hold on. A, Let's, let me pause you there. Okay. Let me save your other idea for a second. I think we'd have to pay the people to come listen to us. <laughs> I, so I'll say this about Sloan. Um, it was cool to get a lot of people in the same spot. Absolutely fucking absurd that they charge people that much to go to that shit. I'm sorry. Not worth it. Absolutely not worth it. Go I certainly wouldn't. talk to I... people. Go out at night. If you are going to literally make someone take their arm off in order to get into a conference. I, that was ridiculous. So in the name of that, no way in hell could we ever charge people for this. I would say we buy a bunch of good alcohol, you know, and we supply uh, some refreshments and we open it up for uh, questions and we have some more favorite guests. So we bring kind of an all-star group uh, people that are much more interesting to listen to than us. You know, I think of um, Evan Silva, who we saw at the Combine, our friend Josh Hermsmeyer, Nora's certainly on that list. Um, Darius Butler's been on this podcast a few times. There are a bunch that I'm missing who are great and make our podcast better. I think that's the way to do it. And we do it in a place that's fun, like Vegas. Yeah, I. but, and that's the thing, obviously, I think maybe at the net, you know, next combine, next Super Bowl, or I know we've thrown around in our company the the idea of having like a conference uh, to sort of compete with, like, yeah, to offer an alternative to people for Sloan or the combine if people don't have access slash uh, the funds million dollars. to go to one of those things, we can make a, a cost effective <laughs> alternative. Yeah, I just my my whole thing is is making sure that you know. Uh, you know, making sure that that's, uh, you know, something that, that we can, um, you know, where we can have people come in and, and, and enjoy, uh, you know, uh, the camaraderie we have. Now, the, 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 other, the other thing I was thinking about was, 
we need to have a name for our listeners. I, I don't, people came by, I listened Boy. to the forecast. Are we, do we uh-huh. call them forecasters, George? Good question. Super forecasters is the name of a book. Right. That, that, would, that hurts a little bit, right? Forecaster right. sounds a little like um, weather, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, Casters? <laughs> like me, uh, we gotta like think about me it. on the Tuesday morning basketball game at, at the combine. Yeah, we gotta we gotta think about it. Something like I don't know. I feel like we should think about some of the things that we talk about continually on the show and see if that if the Rams I'm trying to think if the Rams would have lost the Super Bowl or like not made it as far we Ramsplainers like Ramsplainers, but you know, that was another thing, by the way. Everybody thought that that rant was great. And I was like, yeah, but like, I was wrong. I was so, so wrong. Not um, so wrong, but wrong. Well, let's, I don't want to do this um, segment too quickly, but maybe it's something Quibi-esque. Okay. I, I, this will not give away the, this segment. But remember the great Quibi show, Agua Donkeys. I'm not going to call our listeners Aguadakis. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but we should come up with something. Because the I, tailgate I agree. I think has like, easy by ones. the time we get to like year four now, or year five of this show, we need to we need to have something. I agree. I agree. Let's see. If anyone has any good ideas, let us know. Um, all right. Before we get to the first football segment of the show, I want to remind everybody that you can get 25% off right now. All the tools that we use day in, day out, all the great content that Eric and all of our team writes that ends up being cited and talked about. I don't know what they do at Sloan if they didn't have our articles uh, to give them <laughs> topics to, to talk about. Um, you were easily the most popular person there, whether by name or, or just by topic. Um, you can get all that great stuff. On pff.com, 25% off with the promo code forecast, F-O-R-E-C-A-S-T. You also get the NFL draft guide, should be updated continuously up until the draft. 2022 free agency rankings, you can unlock the mock draft simulator, the full version of that. And of course, data and grades, college and pro. 25% off, promo code forecast. Okay, you, well, not just you. The entire world, uh, football world, wants to talk about, well, football world, yeah, uh, American football world, wants to talk about Jordan Davis. Guy's 340 pounds, runs a sub 4'8", uh, heaviest person to ever run, was it like sub 5'0", fastest time ever by someone over 300 pounds, something like that. Absolutely ridiculous. Big man was moving. Rest of his testing also through the roof. And so I guess my question to you is, do, does the hype move him up a lot? And if so, how much? What are your takeaways, man? Yeah, um, one of the things that you know, we've discovered here, and, it, and it's, it's interesting because I think you know, we've found, and, and we haven't done the study in a few years, so we'd have to go back and make sure that it still holds true. But what we've, we found is that like, 
edge pressure is more valuable than interior pressure. Mm -hmm. So like there are more strip sacks, there are faster sacks, there are, you know, those things from the edge. Um, and I think that that made us, you know, uh, fairly confident that uh, edge, you know, edge players are more valuable than the interior players. And, um, and with the exception of Aaron Donald, like, you know, it was not a premium position. And I think, you know, that that is not necessarily a view shared by the league, right? So if you look at, um, you know, top salaries, there are four uh, interior defensive linemen, Aaron Donald, Leonard Williams, DeForest Buckner, Chris Jones, that all make 20 million per year APY. You go down the list a little bit, you have Jonathan Allen, Vita Vea, Kenny Clark, Fletcher Clocks, Grady Jarrett, all at 17. Um, and so like the league pays these people. And I always thought that it was a little bit too much. And then, you know, we've had this advent of, you know, not advent, but we'd have this proliferation, I guess, of, um, you know, the Fangio defenses where, and, you know, Staley and Raheem Morris and, uh, you know, Green Bay has also done this a little bit as well, where you play fewer men in the box. Um, and what we found, you know, about 15 months ago in an article was, you know, essentially like this is actually kind of sharp. If you have a very good run stuffing defensive tackle, it can help you. It makes your whole defense better, even against the pass, even if that guy's not a pass rusher, because you can play fewer men in the box and you can play more in coverage. And the more players you play in coverage, the more pass rush you're going, you're going to generate just by the fact that the quarterback holds the ball too long. So it's interesting because, you know, Mac Jones last year, he was the 15th overall pick. I'm just going to put the 15th overall pick kind of as the, the, the idea for money, because the issue with, it's not just that it, drafting non-premium positions high is bad from a, they won't produce on the field perspective. Like that's not actually like the biggest problem. The biggest problem is if you draft, like let's say a guard or a running back in the top 10, he's like immediately one of the highest played players in the draft. So you're, you're, you're trading, you're not even trading the cost for variance. You're just getting variance, you know, right. relative to a veteran player. And, and so uh, you have to be careful about that. So, um, but in this case, like Mac Jones right now, uh, cap hit next year is 3.5 million. Um, you obviously have the fifth year option, but, but his, his deal without the fifth year option, four years, just under 16 million. So four, 4 million APY or so um, as far as his cap hits. Okay. So, and, and I listed all those players there. So Jordan Davis taken at 15. Everybody's like, well, is that not good enough? Like, is he not? And he has under 1500 snaps in the NFL. So, or sorry, in college football. So he's not, you know, he doesn't have a lot of tread on his tires, but he's also not like a tested player. He's probably not going to get, probably not going to play 500 snaps at the NFL level right away. But the question becomes, is he valuable enough to take that high? And I think the combination of, you know, he'd be making like 4 million a year. Vita Vea, let's say top of the market for that kind of defensive tackle is making just under 18. Like, I think that that edge is significant, right? Like you get all the way down to, if you want to look at veteran players that make about that much money on the interior, you're talking about Derek Wolf, Morgan Fox, Daquan Jones, something called Chris Wormley, um, Mario Edwards Jr. So like, I, I think that there's an edge inherent in taking Jordan Davis high in the draft. Not, not like top 10, but I think like in the, in the teens, I think that there's a, there's an edge in taking him there. You mean you wouldn't take him number one overall? 
No, I don't think I would. But I, but Play at the, the same time, I do think he, he's not like we had. Him, I had him in our mock. What was that? I had him like thirtieth or something. Mm-hmm. I think that this athleticism, like. What do you think? Do you think he didn't play a lot at Georgia for reasons other than the fact that they had like 15 like really good defensive players so they could mix and match? Yeah, I, I'd also say this. I know he ran a fast 40. It's a big dude. And, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if his playing way to Georgia, um, probably not 340, maybe more like 360. And um, why would you overplay a guy? You know, their defense was so dominant. They were killing teams. Why would you not keep him fresh? Right? I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. So that to me is the real question. Because your point is a very, very good one. And Jordan Davis was a phenomenal run defender. And that is what you're getting. You're getting a guy that is going to absolutely dominate in the run game. And ostensibly, you can play fewer guys in the box, which does a couple of things, to your point. It entices other teams to run. And uh, when they do throw, it allows you to have more people in coverage and make the quarterback hold on the ball longer. So I would, and I think... You know, it's it's really hard with corners and receivers to pass them up. So I'm not taking him over one of those top guys. Um, I'm not taking him over Kyle Hamilton, for example. But in a draft that isn't particularly deep, you look at a team like, oh, man, I mean, you could look at like Cleveland. I know they need a receiver, but who knows who's left there? Um, you look at the Chargers. Chargers, I think Trevor Sigma brought this up. Our Trevor Sigma, that would be a phenomenal fit for them. Uh, it's funny he ran basically the same time as uh, Joey Bosa. Uh, he was a, obviously, a Joey of a Bosa second faster than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, uh, right. And, um, Patrick and Mahomes, Mahomes is an athletic quarterback. It's, it's absurd how fast. But, was. but like I don't, I don't think it's absurd to think that he didn't play as much at Georgia because like dude's 360 pounds and like 19, 20 years old. Like you're not going to have that much gas. So the question to me is, did we learn anything about his gas that he has in the tank? I'm going to go ahead and take a big leap of faith here. It's not a big leap of faith that a guy that can run that fast at 340 pounds can probably get in good enough shape to stay on the field enough to make it worthwhile. Um, I, I, and in a, in a year where quarterbacks, there's none that are very good. Um, I think it makes all the more sense. Is there a team now looking at the draft order where you go, Hmm, they might think, and maybe it's a team in the top 10, um, definitely top 15. It's the one you see that you're going, I could, I could see them taking a chance. Yeah. Um, so, so here's Sorry, one, and I, I know that like, it, it's, it's a little bit, um, you know, it, it's weird to sort of think, I, I think the Ravens could be one, right. Cause they're, you know, getting a little older on the defensive line. Clayus Campbell is getting older. If sauce Gardner goes higher than their pick, 
then and they're not a trade up team, right? So um, they could do it. Philadelphia is one where if you have three first round picks, um, you know, again, Fletcher Cox is a really good player, but like there's and, and Javon Hargrave has played, you know, played pretty well. Um, but again, like he he just adds to it. But yeah, like your to your point, I think like one of the reasons he didn't play a lot on third down in Georgia is because he played seven third and seven or longer snaps this year. Seven. And the reason the so to me, like if it was third and four, he'd be in the game. But you know why it was never third and four against Georgia? Because the guy's a monster. You know, like yeah, I, and because so the rest I, of their defense was more is... of a Going Georgia being able to make too. some match things. I, the Chargers at 17 make the most sense, of course, because they they are committed to that style of defense and mm-hmm. they actually don't have a ton of holes. Like as a team, they need depth kind of everywhere, but they don't have holes. Like, you know, maybe they lose Mike Williams and maybe that's a wide receiver position for them. Um, but they, they that's, a, that's a place to think about. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it, it's, Dallas could be another one. Dallas improved a lot defensively last year, but, you know, they probably could still use somebody on the interior of the defensive line with that kind of pedigree. Dallas is not picked till 24. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm just – but some of these teams they move trade up, up, right? And, like, I think it would be silly to move up, but um, but it's an interesting thought. The thing – and I'm going to transition to safety here in a second. Hold on. Hold on. Let me let me let you know who I've got to – I've got to think okay. they might – and this would be absolutely precious. The Houston, Texas. Oh, sure, sure. Sitting there at they third. Would just take him high, just culture builder. Yeah, they need. You got to build. You got to dominate in the trenches. Um, what role would he take? Would he take youth pastor? Would he take coffee? Would he take coffee house uh, manager? You know those mega churches have coffee. coffee yeah. Shops in them. Um, I just so I look he at like that. Youth, like is he nur- date nursery worker guy? Like mm-hmm. is he the big cuddly guy that plays with kids while their parents are in church? Like how does that work? So I'm looking at this no segment. Okay, pick number three: Texans, four, Jets, five, Giants, six, the Art Smock and Matt Rule, seven, Giants again. The Giants, interesting. Leonard I don't Williams think the Panthers also. take him. Took Derek Brown a couple years ago. But here it is. Pick number eight oh, are Atlanta Falcons. I, I'm, I'm out on the Falcons, by the way. I'm just... I just it would make I not a ton of sense so hard Falcons. by the Falcons. I will, not, I will not plant my flag for that team anymore. Yeah, it wouldn't make a lot of sense for them. Um, by the I'm way, for that reason, speaking to this, um, there was a there's somebody I was talking to at the combine who who um, let's just say not not a member of a team picking in the top ten. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that the the rooting interests were very interesting, which was I hope a lot of quarterbacks go in the top ten before our pick, right? Because yeah. like if their quarterbacks are being overvalued, then obviously if you're picking you know 19th or whatever, uh, you know you can you're going to get like the 15th best player there. I think Jordan Davis also falls in that category, right? Like if, if Houston takes him at three, everybody in the draft is like, 
you know, accept the Chargers probably are like, okay, like we're going to get like the next, you know, we're going to get edge four when we could have gotten edge five or something like that. And um, yeah, uh, let, let me ask you this real quick. I know you want to transition to, to safety, but Aaron Donald last year worth 1.14 war. <laughs> next closest defensive tackle, Cameron Hayward, 0.4. We interviewed at the Super Bowl. Wonderful guy. Um, and and Chris Jones, 0.3. There's a huge drop off there. What is that something that we should make a bigger deal of in terms of Aaron Donald makes us think that it's more possible for a defensive tackle to make that kind of impact, but really he's a unicorn? Or that there's space to be filled there? Uh, I think it's I think it's more just Aaron Donald is like a tail creature, right? Like, but yeah, I, I think it's more. And then I think that the defense also funnels a lot of stuff to him too, which is good. Like, obviously you want to do that because he's brilliant. So maybe it's part of part how great he is. And then part like the construction of the defense for the Rams, which we want to capture in war. Like if you have a play, like if you, in basketball, if you have a shot blocker that you funnel everybody to, he's still like, you know, you can give the rest of the defense the credit, but like the only reason you're funneling people to him is because he's Dikembe Mutombo and he's, you know, swatting shots away. Like that's, that feels like what Aaron Donald is. We're going to transition to, you want to talk about safeties here before we do. Uh, go get some bets in. I bet. I made a soccer bet uh, today, Eric, before so I got I. on my flight. I bet That's on two, two right now. I bet on Manchester City minus one and a half. They're playing Manchester United. I don't. I root for Manchester United. They suck. They're terrible. Manchester City is not. They're very good. They won by three goals. Uh, you're welcome. I gave you a pick that won after one. I think that's what you do in sports betting, right? You tell people about the bets you win after yeah, you or win. ones that are currently on. I bet. Um, Austin FC here against my inner Miami uh, Austin FC has a one. Of, I think Corey Jez works for them. I'm a big fan of his former Utah jazz uh, analytics guy now yeah. uh, works for Austin FC. So um, they were small favorites and they're up to nil right now. Um, so I'm kind of happy with that. That's um, good, good also job for you. Take saying the day, which is what's that? Good job by you saying nil. I, look, I'm trying my best. I was just at Sloan, wow. and the whole thing was about soccer, George, except for my talk. So I, I'm assimilating. Beautiful game. Anyways, um, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, and they have a deal. It's too good to pass up. New customers use promo code PFF, bet $1 on any team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Then you can follow our soccer picks and prosper. Uh, sportsbooks aren't available in your state yet. Take your shot at a big payday with huge cash prizes on DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball contents. They're also giving all new customers a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Bet just $1 on any NBA team. Get $150 in free bets if they win. The promo code is PFF. DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and over minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Gambling problem? Call. 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, safeties. Take it away. So Kyle Hamilton, 
Uh, apparently broad jump like 10 feet 11 inches which that'll do uh, that's a pretty good jump um that's not uh decent that's not, that's not bad yeah i mean what a yeah a, a, one of the most impressive players in college football i think if you took our analytics board uh we like Derek stingley the best like just positional value but also just how brilliant he was he's the most valuable college football player on defense in 2019 um, you, you see the threads of uh, him shutting down Jamar Chase in practice, which is like a little eye-opening. Um, Hamilton for us was second, but it brings this discussion interestingly. Like no, but no safety's been taken higher than second. Eric Turner was Bill Belichick's first pick in 1991 as a member of the Cleveland Browns, and really like you have Jamal Adams taken in the top ten. You have even Derwin James, his year with the Chargers, fell all the way to 17. The safety position last Please. year had no first-round picks. Um, you know, but then you also have a team like Jamal, you know, like, uh, the Seahawks will trade two first rounders for Jamal Adams. And, and this is where I think the discussion gets a little more nuanced too. So run defense is one of the most predictive things we do. Like if you look at run stops, if you want to look at an objective measurement, even though it's still not objective, you want to look at PFF grades, you want to look at tackles for loss. You want to look at all this kind of stuff. Uh, we're really good at evaluating run defense. That's that's the part of the Jordan Davis thing that's also important, right? Like it, there's less variance in your prediction of him from college to pro. So with Kyle Hamilton, it brings up this really interesting thing. A, really hard to evaluate safeties. Um, I think our data is the best that there is right now. And, you know, even that is pretty unstable year to year. I know I've talked to people, uh, people on, on clubs who are like, um, you know, some of the stuff that they have internally is a little bit better, maybe, but it's still kind of the worst that they have out of all their data. So we're really bad at, at evaluating safeties. So the prediction has more variance to it. Secondly, it, this, and I think back to the Chiefs with Eric Berry. When Eric Berry, the last year before this, the new CBA, his initial contract was five years, 60 million. You implemented the new CBA. When Eric Berry came up for his next contract, it was the same length and, and, and number. And this was after he took a, um, the uh, franchise tag. So the crazy part about it is if you were taking a safety in 2010 in, at the top five pick in the draft, he was the highest paid safety in football, right? That's how it worked. And it's gotten a little bit better, but right now, you know, we talk about all the defensive linemen who... Um, you know, had, you know, numbers higher than we have no safeties who have a, a, a per year average over 17 and a half. And we have, and the only, and we only have one with one over 16, right? So it, it goes Jamal Adams at 17 and a half, Harrison Smith at 16, Justin Simmons at 15, two, um, Buda Baker, Eddie Jackson, Kevin Byard, Tyron Matthew, Landon Collins are all above 14. And then it drops to Devin McCourty at 11 and a half. Interestingly here, if you look at Zach Wilson's contract, so I'm just, you know, for, for shits and giggles, let's talk about the second overall pick. Last year it was a four-year deal, $35 million, so just under $9 million a year APY. If you look at safeties who are making $9 million APY in the NFL right now, or close to, you have Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, Jimmy Ward, Adrian Amos, Rayshon Jenkins, Malcolm Jenkins, and then the Texans, you got to throw this out, Eric Murray's at $6 million a year. So that's the next drop off. Von Bell for the Bengals, big interception in the playoffs, six million. Chuck Clark is a good starter for the Ravens, five million. 
if you took Kyle Hamilton in the top five, he's already a top 15 paid player in the, or 20, let's say conservatively player at his position in the NFL. So even though I like, I think I'm fascinated by the safety position. And I think when you hit on one, the payoff is immense. You know, you, you can often get a player who's worth more than two. Like I think Harrison Smith's been worth more than, you know, he covers up so much. I think Tyra Matthews, the same Buda Baker, um, you know, we don't grade him that well, but like, I think he's a, a force multiplier it, and I think Kevin Byard's worth a ton for the Titans. Uh, Adrian Amos at 9 million a year is one of the most valuable players in football. I think. Um, but it, the, the, the proposition's a little dicier, isn't it? I do think so. Um, you know, you only have to look back to last year, John Holland, who top 20, um, most valuable defender last year using PFF war. And you mentioned Kevin Bayard, Kevin Bayard 10th uh, among defenders in war, almost 0.6 war, um, just shy of Miles Garrett. So, and, and Derwin James is a great person to talk about because everyone wants to compare any safety that has coverage ability that's super athletic to Derwin James. Derwin James broad jumped 11 feet. That's insane. Okay. He's like under 6'2. Kyle Hamilton, 10'1. Supposedly, according to Bruce Feldman, he was tracked at 21 miles per hour top speed. Um, that's insane. That would be one of the fastest that you will see. Um, his weaknesses, change of direction, ability to cover and man coverage. So I'm not sure he's Derwin James. I, you know, Derwin James, you could put out there at corner and he could make things happen. But Kyle Hamilton's 6'4", 220. His size is absolutely bananas, like 97th and up percentile, maybe 99th overall. Had that knee injury against USC um, and that kind of, you know, hurt his ability to put up a really good grade, I think, last year. But your point is really good. The tough thing is I look at the draft and you go, okay, but, like, how many players are even better than him in this draft? And I know you want to pick for value, and I think you've got Aiden Hutchinson and Thibodeau, and you mentioned Derek yeah. Stingley. Like, if you're having a conversation between Stingley and Hamilton, I know Stingley was very, very, very good, but has also been injured pretty consistently and wasn't even, in the, you know, didn't even do anything at the combine because he was injured. So, and his grade, Derek Stingley, by the way, 92, 72, 66. Played yeah. 15 games, seven games, three games. I'm taking Kyle Hamilton over Derek Stingley. In yeah. fact, I might, I'm probably taking Sauce Gardner over Derek Stingley. I love Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner ran a 4 4 1 at like 6 3. Um, you know, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, 6 3, 200. So I, I'm with you, but in this draft, I find it hard to pass up a guy that's that elite at a position that does make a difference. You just have to be okay with the fact that the variance is higher. Yeah. So here's my take on, I think part of it is also 
the problem with the team picking that high is they're not very good. So mm-hmm. the bust rate might even be higher for safeties mm-hmm. because I feel like there should be a lower bust rate for safeties and corners because if you draft a safety and he's not, he doesn't end up being great. I think that there are more things that you can do to make him a passable player. Like I think the floor should be higher for safeties, right? Like, um, you know, Dayon Buchanan was drafted by the Arizona Cardinals in 2014. And like you, he, you could immediately tell he couldn't play line, you know, safety. So they moved him to middle linebacker. Um, you know, Tyron Matthew was a nickel corner for a while, then a deep safety. Landon Collins, like was taken in the second round out of Alabama by the, by the Giants and like almost immediately kind of hybrid linebacker role. And then, yeah, like the, the tail event is positive, right? Like the tail event is the guys, the guy can play every position. The guy's Harrison Smith, right? And then, then you get it. Whereas for, for cornerbacks, and by the way, the cornerback market is very similar as far as there's a few more people making over like 10, you know, 10-ish million dollars, but it's also pretty spread out. The corner position is hard because if you take a guy like Jeff Akuda, I mean, Jeff Akuda right now is a top 25 paid player at corner right now, or more or less, uh, APY at three overall. And year one, he was, you know, couldn't cover anybody. And then last year he got hurt. And, you know, there's not a whole lot you could do with a corner. Like even moving him inside, like most corners who play outside suck when they go inside. Like that, you know, we always think of that as a demotion, but really it's a separate position, right? Whereas safeties kind of have this built-in kind of, flexibility that helps them ha- add more value I agree like and this is this is where like we've evolved our, our sort of notions here like I don't necessarily think that we've evolved all the way to saying oh take edges and left tackles high like I don't think that that's really it it's just that have proper expectations of defensive backs JC Jackson for example like I actually don't hate the Patriots letting him see free agency because I don't know if I would pay like a corner that, it, you know, the high end money, unless I was almost certain he was a Ramsey Humphrey Lattimore type. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think like if I was going to, if I was going to do one of these value propositions that is, is risky, which I think Hamilton and a corner in this top sort of five, five-ish range, if I was going to make that proposition, I would go I would go with a safety like Hamilton maybe before I would go with a corner because of the, the, the floor is a lot higher for a safety in my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, he's maybe not quite as much of unicorn as Jordan Davis is maybe not quite as much as Durham James, but he's super close, man. Um, Like he is an absolute freak and a half. So you can leverage him in different ways, you know, to your point where with a corner, I mean, think about Micah Parsons last year. Um, Micah Parsons drafted as a linebacker. Guy won defensive rookie of the year because he was the best edge defender in the NFL. And, you know, you, the reason he was able to do that is because he was an insane athlete. And so you think about the ways that you can deploy Kyle Hamilton and I think you'll be able to get to your point higher floor because you can leverage him in so many different ways. Um, and, and for those bad teams, adding one corner to your disaster of a franchise ain't turned around. I mean, you look at the Jets, for example, right? 
Jets are going to add a corner. Poor guy's just going to get, you know, torched, and everyone else on their team is going to get torched. So, you know, as, as great as Robert Salas, as much as we love him. So I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm on the, I'm on the Kyle Hamilton bandwagon, by the way. I don't think there's like that, you mean, that much negative. His run defense, great, okay. But you're not drafting a safety necessarily because of his ability to, to defend the run. Yeah, I mean, I think there are some concerns with like, like to me, he's he's a much he's gonna be a much better like if the team drafts him and plays him at free safety, they're stupid. Like that's that's the whole point. But if they draft him and play him all around the field, they should expect some uh, you know some uh, some success. I don't know who, where it's gonna be, and I know our friend Mina Kimes said she thinks he's the best prospect in the whole draft. Um, I do believe that the tackles that are going high, maybe we transition here a little bit to our friends. Uh, let, let's look at where DraftKings is, but I know our friends at betonline.ag uh, now have Icky Aquanum. By the way, I've, I've worked on this a little bit. Icky Aquanum um, as the same odds, plus 110, um, as Evan Neal to be the first uh, overall pick. Evan Neal was as high as minus 220. Um, and, and this represents a value. So, um, let, let's talk to our listeners here who have the opportunity to bet at DraftKings, whether you live in a state that does right now at DraftKings, um, Evan Neal is minus 115 to be the first overall pick. Ikea Kwanu is plus 200. Aiden Hutchinson is plus 500. Kayvon Thibodeau, who was once the favorite to be the first overall pick, is now 15 to 1. And that's when you get to the first quarterback, Malik Willis, who is 35 to 1. Kyle, the aforementioned Kyle Hamilton is 50 to 1. And Charles Cross our bets might go die on the cross if he gets picked here, but he's 50 to one uh, to be the first overall pick. I, this is where you as a sports better follow us along. This is where you can pick up some value, right? If you're overexposed on Neil and, and I know like, you know, I, I don't have any price worse than minus 115. I think the worst price I got on Neil was, was a, you know, whenever when the whole market was painted like minus 150 or worse or better, whatever, I got plus 134. Um, if you're overexposed on Neil at this point, like shop around, right? If you see some of the better books have a Icky Quantum at plus 110 and you've seen it plus 200 at other places, um, that might be a place to explore. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. It's, I will say this. My takeaway from the combine and guys that are not draft related. I think there are a few there, maybe around like Kirk Cousins. People are talking, this is how dire straights teams are in. People are talking about Mitch Trubisky, like he's going to save their franchise. Um, but takeaway regarding the draft, without those quarterbacks, I think Malik Willis is going to be the, the top quarterback taken. Um, He's minus I still bet Ritter at 40 to 1. Um, currently. Yeah, right. And, but it's going to be chaos. <laughs> it's going to be absolute chaos. And I feel like, I mean, tell me this. Is there not just, if you're looking for value at any point in time, you're almost best just taking like the third, fourth, fifth shortest odds. Because no one knows anything. Yeah, like like five to one on Hutchinson feels like a good bet at this point, right? Like whereas, you know, whereas obviously months ago when he was the favorite, it wasn't. Um, 
Neil, yeah, like exactly. Like if you're laying one fifteen with Neil right now, like I would, you know, I'd probably not bet anymore. I'd wait until the next. Like, and I think I could be wrong because we didn't have a combine last year, so I'm trying to think of like when things sort of materialize in this market. But like right now, like I've really only seen in in good books, I've really only you know uh, widely available books, I've really only seen the number one pick and the number one quarterback, which you alluded to here, by the way, FanDuel has this, uh, DraftKings is not. FanDuel, for the first quarterback selected, Malik Willis of Liberty, minus 170. That changed. I got a, I got a, a, hand, a pretty sizable chunk of Malik Willis at plus 150 um, when, that, when that day was happening. Um, I don't think I'll ever get, get an opportunity there. Um, Pickett is two to one. He was previously the favorite. But he, I don't think he ever crossed over plus 100. Sam Howell at 11 to 1, Matt Corral 11 to 1, Desmond Ritter, the aforementioned 30 to 1, Carson Strong 100 to 1. I think that those odds make sense at this point. I, I think that the buzz, I, in all honesty, I think the Steelers, if I had to make like a bold take, I think the Steelers are going to move into the top 10 and take Malik Willis. I, I think they will take him. I don't know who they have to jump. I'm not sure that, um, I mean, Panthers Broncos I think I, I think for the, I think he'll be pushed into the top 10 like I you know it, it looks yeah. like he he checks all the boxes that matter for a lot of people and and even though it's a bad quarterback class um there are enough teams here that have plausible like deniability of picking a QB I mean we don't have we don't know you know there was a report just recently that Denver was willing to give up pick nine for their quarterback um you know, for a veteran guy, but you, you, you look at, I mean, even the giants at five, um, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to do it, but they could, they could easily, uh, you know, tell a team that they're thinking about it or, and not have, not get laughed out of the room. Panthers at six, similar situation there. Um, giants at seven too, you know, like they could uh, come back and then Atlanta. I know Matt Ryan's going to have the highest cap hit in the history of the league um this year but you know that then they're going to sort of run that run that course and then obviously whatever Denver and Washington are, are prime position to draft the quarterback should they like any of the ones there so uh Pittsburgh moved up from 20 to 10 in 2019 to take Devin Bush um I think they'll do I think that they're more than willing to do that for a QB I think um okay let's get to a little ball sack Little balls. Yep. Need a little ball sack. Okay. All right. I got this. Um, here, here's the tweet here. Uh, the, so, for those of you reminder. that have listened the past few weeks, I read a tweet. George yeah. tries to tell me if it's from ball sack sports, uh, a, a, a satire. Uh, I've tried to get it to them to rename themselves the onions, but they have not. Um, a satire sports website that gets a lot of people to, to bite on these things. Um, yep. Or a real tweet that's just stupid. Um, okay. With Tyler Hundley's success, the Ravens can win with or without Lamar. They are better with him, but don't need to pay top dollar for him because they have a suitable backup. Former agent Mark Lillibridge on why Lamar Jackson needs an agent. So this has a source, but all ball sack ones have sources too. They're just fake. Right. And by the way, for people asking, I purposefully do not follow ball sack sports. So it's not to taint this. Huh. Nice. That is absurd. Not, not to taint this is a really good, like, 
Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm going to say, oh man, I'm going to say that's that's actually a real person. Yep, it's Glenn Clark, Glenn Clark Radio. This is, I think, where this is where I have a beef with journalism, and I actually like, you know, I'm big time, you know, I support as many people as I you're, can. You're pro journal. Yeah, I'm pro journal. Yeah. You don't like being an objective journalist is not tweeting out dumbass quotes like this, to be honest with you. Like they're not like, and granted, you could think what you want about whether Lamar deserves the top dollar. That actually is a, you know, but not because of Tyler Hunley, who's a nice little backup quarterback, but not a, I mean, this is ridiculous. There is no context to this. If you, if you tweet out this, this, uh, this quote, you got to add something like, Hey, by the way, one guy was the MVP of the league and another guy was an undrafted like player out of Utah. Um, okay. Got another one here. Um, okay. All right. Julius Randall says that there are unreasonably higher expectations for New York athletes to meet. It's very stressful. New York fans display bottled up hatred from their from their fringe nine to five job on us players and irrelevant media like Stephen A. Smith trash us daily. It's almost like we have higher expectations to meet. Julius Randall, New York Knicks. So that's well written. And Julius Randall <laughs> has gotten pissed off. He's vocal. Um, I believe he like flipped off the crowd at one point. But the fringe nine to five jobs, there's no way he actually said that. That's ball side. You're right. So this was tweeted. So this is a, this is, was tweeted by Butt Crack Sports, a ball oh. sack sports subdivision. So yes. So you're two for two. Thank you. Judge's ruling. Okay. This is our last one we're going to do. We're going to do three today. You're, you're two. You already won. I'm, I'm nailing this. Yeah. Uh, this is a tweet that comes with a picture. So I got to, this is great podcasting, but it's a picture of okay. two uh, uh, stopwatches that both say 484. They both say mm -hmm. the same number. Yeah. Devon Wyatt is what Georgia's football staff has been saying he was. Three fire emojis back to back to back. I mean, that's a real tweet. Yeah, it is by our, our friend Jim Nagy underscore SB senior bowl. <laughs> I <laughs> so my here's my favorite thing. This is my favorite thing about the combine. You don't even have to go to the combine to uh see this. You watch the combine, you watch people running, you go on Twitter, and you go, there's some hand times that have X player faster than what they clocked in there. <gasps> Amazing. Yeah, my hand timer, which is wildly inaccurate relative to technology, I add them faster or slower. Thank God. I can't. I have no idea, like, the pride that these people take and have and stop watching it themselves. It, it'll, I will never, there are things like I might never understand, you know? What's, like, what's that analogous to? British lit. Uh, this, um, you know, like there are just things I'll go to my grave and like, I don't get it. 
And no, but like, so stop having pride in you doing the stopwatch, even while like it's being done for you with a much more accurate machine. I feel like there are a lot of situations in life that are like this. And I think men are probably responsible for most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like it's so it, to me, so it's one of those. Where here's here's like, what I'll compare. It's it like to. that office episode where, where Dwight and, and uh, Michael got a car with a GPS system. And instead of following, like they claim they follow the GPS system into the river. Right. And like, it was like when they, they were losing, like, you know, they were losing sales uh, and they thought that the solution was to like bring like gift baskets, but the real solution was just to like offer a better product at a, at a smaller price. Yeah. And I feel like I, that's part of it. Like, look, I can do, it's like, okay, man, like no one, cares. like honestly, no one cares. I don't know. I, I think, so it brought me back to before, um, before there were GPSs. And you'd like print out like map quest directions. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. My like, I vividly remember like my dad would print out the directions. He'd read them. He'd circle things. He would it was study this. Like it was very important. <laughs> so that he would not pull them out. He would bring them with him, but would not look at them. Would not pull over, would not at a red light, pull them out. It's right fucking there. But no, he's memorized them. <laughs> even if it's something that he that he doesn't like totally know, like the exits like this way is this and that way is that, but they both look the same. They both could be the one. No. Dedicated to the cost. That sort of reminds me of. Love that. Love that. Recommendations. Um... So, so you were three and oh, by the way, uh, I, I have to go back and remember, fire. but I really liked your, your approach to the first one, which is similar to my Quibi approach, where if the, if the show sounds amusing, it wasn't Quibi. Yeah. Yes. Like if I would actually consider watching it, it was not Quibi. By the way, we're going to bring Quibi back. I, I have to dig a little deeper to make this. Um, we've been on the road for like four straight weeks like this is well here's this, this here's was... the thing eric there aren't many quibi shows because it got canceled so i think what i'm gonna have to do is expand it to just shitty uh-huh. television shows in general and i'm gonna have to do a little more research i love it love love love, love. all right recommendations go ahead um, yeah, I, so this is a book that I've been reading, um, over like on the, on the flights for like the last few days. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's, I'm actually like about 60% of the way down, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be good for the rest of the time. It's by Peter, uh, Peter Alson. It's called the Vig, Um, and it's basically about like a sports betting syndicate, uh, that, that I do, like, I think, and it's based on a true story. Um, a guy joined out of, uh, out of Ivy, like straight out of like Ivy League, unemployed kind of thing. Uh, it's very good. So, and it's relatively inexpensive on Amazon. I just got it on Kindle. It's like less than 10 bucks. So, you, uh, I have two recommendations. So, as you said, I've been traveling. So, these are 
food-related recommendations. I may have another one on Wednesday because um, I'm still traveling. Um, yeah, it's kind of, traveling kind of kind of stinks. I think not, it's fun. It, it's it's too much at this point, right? I'm not complaining. Not complaining. Uh, but here are the two recommendations: the Loyalist in Chicago. Very good burger. I was told it was like the best burger. It's not the best burger I've ever had. I don't, I think it's top five. It's not top three, but it's very, very good. And the rest of the menu, also very good. Um, I was told that the it's part of two restaurants. There's one up top, which is like a fine dining restaurant. Apparently that's very good. It's called the Smythe. One below it is called the Loyalist. Uh, both, both very good. Um, but the Loyalist is one I went to. I would recommend it. Um, it's also not that expensive. And then where you and I went yeah, on Friday night, Neptune Oyster Bar. It sits like 20 people, can't make a reservation. Um, they have great oysters. Everything there is really good. I I've been there twice now. Eric and I went this last time. Um, the Johnny Cake, you got to get it. Um, but it was awesome. Really enjoyed it. It helped that I had good company this time. Well, I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun with, uh, and, um, I think I like, that's the, that's maybe the second time I've had oysters. I think maybe it, but it was, it did not disappoint. Everything we had was great. We had octopus as well. Um, yeah. What did you got like, you got, uh, what did you get there? I had, I had the, the mackerel. The mackerel. That's right. Oh, I've the, had the, the chipino there with the lobster tail. Phenomenal also. I actually and thought, make sure you eat a lot because they don't have dessert. Yeah, I thought out. it was weird because they there were there were other member there were other people like everybody else sitting by us got like a sandwich, which like they got was a like roll. weirdly breaded where like the bread looked like it was gonna give you like diabetes. And like it, it was sort of like felt like going to like a high-end steak place to get like a burger. You're not a lobster roll fan. I get it. Yeah. Hey, we're going to have to go back. We're going to have to get you the lobster roll. See if the lobster roll can redeem itself. Uh, we'll make it back to Boston and do that. This is our podcast. We love you all. We thank you so much for listening. Um, you all are the best. We'll be back on Wednesday evening. Peace out.